What's going on, y'all? This is Kyle Means, WeAreRegalRadio.com, editorial director, the man in charge with you right now. I'm with my with my main guy, Chris Pennant here, and this is uh, us just chopping it up a little bit, talking about basketball, as uh, we like to do. You know, you can hear us regularly on the WeAreRegalRadio.com's uh, uh, basketball podcast, main basketball podcast called Running with War. But today we're just gonna chop it up a little bit about uh, what Chris uh, Chris reported for us last night at the Paul at uh, Wintrust Arena. There was a big game, the Women's Big East Tournament finals between the Paul and uh, Marquette. Their third straight year of going at it. These two rival teams. Uh, from Chicago and from and, uh, Milwaukee, uh, just up the road from each other. And they've been playing some, having a good rivalry amongst each other uh, in the Big East for Big East supremacy. And it came out to be a pretty good good game, too, last night. Chris, man, what what were your thoughts on this game that uh, went down to the wire? It was a fantastic atmosphere, first of all. Uh, I know, and I've, I've voiced with... Uh, I think to Paul and with some other people just about the, the animosity that was previously there about with the planning and building of Winchester Arena, about the using the tax increment funds. We can't forget that even outside, even within the, the discussion on sports. But it's been great for DePaul. It's been great for basketball on the south side of Chicago. You know, South Loop being what it is, still the south side of Chicago. And the DePaul and uh, Marquette women's basketball team put on an absolute classic last night on both sides. It was emotional. Uh, both sets of fans who were there because Milwaukee being only a 90-minute drive away, there were a ton of Marquette fans there. There were a ton of Marquette alumni there because so many people come from Chicago they go to Marquette. And in the end, DePaul, after not leading since about the six, six and a half minute mark of the first quarter, took the lead for good at the end on a Shante Stonewall layup and a free throw a three point play and, and Marquette's last shot fell short it was an incredible game so for them to win by one point 74-73 the way they did where they kept coming back and Marquette always seemed to have an answer a fast break or a good shot or a stop it, both teams put their heart and soul into that game as cliche as it might sound, that's that's the only thing you can take away from it. Cool, cool. It's, it definitely, uh, I got to see a bit of the end myself on FS1, which it was broadcast on, and it was it was great to see that energy down there at the arena, and um, to see the Paul. You know, they've been uh, they've long been you know under Doug Bruno, a, a, a program that has been as consistent and win and and won as much as any. Uh, college basketball program based here in Chicago, so it's good to see them have that type of victory on their home court in their home city. Uh, you know what? What what was the feeling like? Uh, the emotions like from them after that? Uh, that type, you know, exciting win. Well, Coach uh, Carolyn Keeger at Marquette uh, just coming into the the press conference, the interview room. You could tell she was drained. Uh, Marquette had that game. Marquette absolutely had that game won, but they went six for fifteen at the free throw line in the second, in the, the third and fourth quarter of the second half of play. 
coach was was asked about it in a not so delicate way by <laughs> one of the one of the media after the game, and she her response was just I don't know I don't know how we missed those free throws if if I knew that we'd have won the game we wouldn't have missed them, but I mean, it was it was emotional for them uh, for her and her and her players, but they are they're. They're not looking forward to the tournament as in, as in they're passing this game over. They're just putting it aside. She said repeatedly that they're going to use this as fuel because they, they know that they gave themselves a chance to win and they also let that win. They, they basically pushed that win away with missing those free throws and, and um, not getting some offensive rebounds in the second half as well. And on the DePaul side, it was just palpable. Most of the, I think the biggest thing is that there's so much respect for these two these two teams. Marte Graves, on the DePaul star forward, said at, at the press conference that her first year, she's a fifth year senior now. Her first year, they were just running past the ball. Uh, Marquette easily. She said that they would just get out there, they would run past them. And even though it was rivalry, it wasn't competitive. And then the year after that, Marquette was better. The year after that, they were better. And now, you know, they're ranked seventeenth. DePaul's ranked twenty fourth. And these, both of these teams are going to be in the, the, um, the NCAA tournament in about a week's time. So the, the competition that was on display was was fantastic. And when I when I asked Coach Kiger about the relaunch of the, of the conference after UConn and Notre Dame left, and the conference was was uh, retooled to feature the ten uh, Catholic schools, she says that she and both she and Coach Bruno really want to make this an elite conference. That's their goal. So not just with their individual programs, they want to make the Big East an elite women's basketball conference. Okay. Okay. And that, that's interesting too, because when you look at the powers in uh, in the NC, in the women's NCAA game right now, actually the two recurring ones that seem like most recurring powers, they actually used to be Big East teams. Connecticut and uh, Notre right. Dame. You know, they both, you know, yeah, they both went on to uh, different conferences, and now you got the Big East sort of stranded. The men, yeah, the men, it's sort of more drastic with uh, a drastic situation with the men as well. But they've had uh, Villanova at least be able to pick the pick up the pride of that conference and uh, win some titles recently. But nobody has really done that for the women's side as of yet. Now, with that said, do you think DePaul, you know, coming off of this win and the the positive energy that should come from this win, do you think they may have a chance to make a run as a dark horse in the tournament at all? Well, it's it's hard to say because they were ranked twenty four. If you check out the, the website that I that I found last uh, yesterday. And I'm going to use going forward to cover women's basketball is uh, herhoopstats.com. Okay. And they break it. They, they break things down just as well as sports reference does. And in many offensive categories, the ball is near the top, both of their conference and of the collegiate ranks. Marquette was a Marquette was a little bit better um, in terms of points scored, uh, possessions points per shot attempt, all of those you know, those usual stats and a lot of advanced metrics as well. However, 
defensively, Marquette was miles ahead of the ball, and a lot of that was on display last night. You could see it in their rotations, uh, ball denial. Um, the only place that they really fell short was in size, and Coach Keegan said that they play small, and they have to play small, but they, they lost a bit on the glass, and that's what contributed to DePaul's win. So the thing that DePaul's, that DePaul's going to have to be concerned with is, is defense, uh, not just rebounding, but being able to keep teams from scoring. Um, you know, Marquette still put up 73 points in 40 minutes, and that's not the highest score by any means in college, in college basketball, women's college basketball, but it's a pretty high, it's a pretty high scoring output. And DePaul has been good for nearly the entirety of Coach Plano's time. They've made the tournament 16, well, 17 years straight now, and they've, they've made the Sweet 16 four times in the last 15 years. But they haven't been able to get to the Elite Eight or the Final Four because the way that women's basketball is tiered so, and, and slanted so heavily towards the top, if you take the number one ranked team and pit them against the number 15 ranked team, well, oftentimes they're not, it's a blowout. Yeah. So yeah. those top five schools that are in the AP rankings are usually much better than the next 20. Yeah. And that's something that I haven't, I haven't found a reason for as a nascent women's basketball writer. Like, I love basketball and I like writing about women's basketball, but there's people who have been writing about this sport for so much longer than I have. And I haven't seen a satisfactory explanation for why that is. Obviously, there's something to be said. Those schools that have been good for 30 years, the top women's basketball players are going to look to those schools. They're going to look to go to those schools. Um, and DePaul is one of those schools, but I, I, I don't know the highest that they've ever made in the rankings, but they, they can't seem to break through to that second level or that, that even the top tier. So they'll have a consistently good basketball program, but a Sweet 16 is, would be great for another Sweet 16 appearance would be great for them. I don't know if they can make the Elite Eight or the Final Four beyond that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's very interesting, man. It's, like you say, when when it comes to that sport, it's so much more of a gulf in between, like you say, that top five and everyone else than there is on the men's side. And on the men's side, you see it all the time, teams that are in the middle of the top 25 or even lower, teams that can come out of nowhere. Last year, Loyola came out of nowhere, and they found a way in the tournament to win against teams that were perceived as better than them or had more talent or whatever. But they but they still found a way to play the game in such a way that they were able to win and make the final four. But you never see that in the women's side. You you have to either be you say one of those perennial top five teams or 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 you're not very far off that. You can't be really like I say, even with a with a you know 17 years in a row is an amazing feat to reach the tournament, especially when you compare it to men's teams in in the state of Illinois and Chicago. You know, these teams, you know, struggle to get into the tournament uh, for consecutive years. But DePaul, and like I said, in that time, they haven't broken past the Sweet 16, and it's, it's sort of mystifying. So, you know, we, we wish them the best of luck, but uh, it's going to be an, an uphill climb again. Although, 
you know, UConn hasn't looked as strong this year as they have in past years. And, you know, it, it doesn't seem – you're not seeing as much of that dominance at the very top, but you got to figure when the tournament comes on that, that they're still going to be there representing themselves as usual. Like them and Notre Dame and uh, Baylor – it's another top team down there in Texas, you know. Well, uh, Will's- and, and, and there's, not to cut you off there, but there's a little bit more parity that's been, that's been Yeah, it seemed like the, this year. Yeah. Um, Mississippi State has been a school that's been in there that, um, you know, they had a good tradition, but they haven't been there previously. Um, Kim Mulkey's had Baylor rolling for years, but, um, when they won in, oh, I think it was 2005 or 2006, well, it was their first title. Stanford with the Ogumuke uh, sisters. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. You know, that's fairly recent. So typically, in, for, for a person that didn't follow women's basketball, you heard UConn, that that was about it. You might hear about Notre Dame being in the Midwest, but these other schools on the coast, down south, you didn't really hear about them. And now there's other schools. Rice is a small school out of Texas, out of the, I think around Dallas, and they've been ranked in the, you know, in the bottom 20 to 25 range. They've been ranked, and they weren't a typically ranked school. Uh, so there's there's more. I think South Carolina, South Carolina, yeah, uh, Stanley, yeah. So there's more parity that's coming about, and it'll be interesting to see. If it's like if it's kind of like men's basketball, where some of these players who are really great stay home or stay close to home, uh, near the teams that they might have grown up cheering for, the teams that they've known just being where they're from, instead of going to these traditional uh, power schools who were perennially at the top of the top of the conference and the top of the of the women's basketball world. Definitely, definitely. If you know, it's just another another level of March Madness, man. If you're a real hoop head, you know, and and all you know about is is UConn with women's basketball, or you know, just go take go take a time out and look at look at the young ladies play ball as as they get going through March too. And if you're in Chicago, definitely uh, take some time to to look up the Paul and, and see how they doing and root for them because. The, the the girls are deserving over there. You know, Doug Bruno has done a great job with the coaching. So, uh, you know, if you, you follow WeAreRegalRadio.com, we'll try to give you a little more of a wider view of of the uh, the local scene here in Chicago, and that's going to include some women's coverage. So definitely stay up with Chris on that. And uh, he's going to have a post coming up actually in a bit uh, later today dealing with – the game itself that we just talked about, Marquette and DePaul for the Big East Championship, they don't have another features, uh, more feature piece on DePaul women's basketball coming up uh, and later in the week or so. So, uh, yeah, Chris, man, appreciate your work, man, and uh, uh, we'll definitely uh, get more uh, get more reports from you down the line with this and other stuff. So, uh, yeah, appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, Kyle. All right, man. That's just a little bit of what we got uh, going for you here. We are RegalRadio.com. We are Regal Radio on, on Anchor here. You're listening to us. If you're listening to us on the Anchor app, definitely follow us and uh, uh, help support us, too. We got uh, links to 
support our work. We uh, make a lot of effort with this stuff, and we appreciate any uh, support that you can offer us, be it uh, sharing our stuff or maybe even put down a couple ducats if you can. Uh, Anchor allows you to do that. And support our sponsors, too. The Black Tux uh, is kind enough to sponsor uh, We Are Regal Radio content on Anchor. So uh, definitely support them as well. Uh, so that's it for now, man. This is your man Kyle Means for, uh, signing off here with Chris Pennant. Now keep bouncing. Keep it player, man. All right.